der einzige Markt für das, was jetzt und in der Zukunft wertvoll ist. Die neuesten Sneakers, Kleidung, Elektronik, Sammlerstücke und vieles mehr. Alles hundertprozentig geprüft und authentisch. Mit StockX hast du Zugang zu Millionen von Produkten, die ausverkauft oder schwer zu finden sind. Und alle für den Preis, den sie wirklich wert sind. Denn wir alle sollten das kriegen, was wir gerne haben möchten. StockX – Zugang zu aktuellen Trends. Finde, was du brauchst auf StockX.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast Friday Night Preview Show with me, of course, Stamford Chidge, joined by the ever so lovely and effervescent uh, birthday boy plus one, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Thank you for the adjective, effervescent. I yes. love it. Thanks very much, yes. Chidge. How sweet Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, how great to be on a show with the, the, uh, the beautifully talented and beautiful and talented and... Um, uh, and beautiful. Ex- and beautiful and expert writeress. Uh, Alex Church and talented, and talented. I'll say that yeah. word again. Uh, she is on with us tonight. Are you going to say it? Right, Asking in your greatness, J.K. Oh, I cannot, cannot believe that you're 49. Just <laughs> cannot. Everybody thinks I'm 38. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Who else have we got, J.K.? Well, it might be somebody of you know great ability and writing a bit of knowledge and. The sports journalism supremo himself. Football <laughs> London. Football London lives with Mr. Sam Incasol. You are far too kind as always, JK. Thank you very much for having me on, everyone. Always appreciated. Always lovely to see uh, you, Sam. Always lovely to see Alex, uh, who is incredibly busy and is almost single handedly. Uh, responsible for me being knee deep in the wonderful series that was Sharp's Rifles. Uh, you know, I've been, I mean, every spare minute I've had, and I don't get many, but I've been catching up on all of that and listening to her fantastic podcasts. You only have eight days to wait to hear oh, us oh, 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 with Julian Fellows oh. and the cast of Sharp's Rifles. Oh, the oh, the first one. So yeah. now I thought you'd already done that. No, we didn't. We had Sean on, on the first one, Sean Bean, but yeah. we didn't have everything. So we've actually gone back and we've got, um, yeah, we've got Julian Fellows, Juju. Who played Major Dunnett, of course, in the first and one. And he played the Prince Regent as he well did. later on. Dick, shall I call you Dick? He was brilliant, <laughs> yeah. It's great fun. There's a sword off in this one. Everybody paused recording to go and get their replica sharp swords. Oh, fantastic. And Do you know so what? I found I found a place to go and get a replica Baker rifle. I might treat myself for my birthday. But uh, please tell me you're doing an episode with Salki for every episode that was in Sharp. We are, do. We're, we are. And we're also having a drink up in London soon with Hugh Ross and hopefully Cocky. Oh, just- can I come? Can I come? I'm such a, I'm a fanboy. Come fanboy. Yeah. I, I could, I could, you can have a cocky versus Chidge drinking challenge. I'd, oh, put, I'd put money on me, actually. With 8% beer. But Chidge, Chidge. <laughs> what? Football. Football. Oh, shit. <laughs> yes, we're here for football. Well, on that note, actually, because Jason Salke, who played Rifleman Harris, is a massive Chelsea fan. And you and I, we need to we need to do a show with him about Chelsea, I think, for the fan we cast. Do, yeah. We do, yeah. He used to sit in front of me in the East Stand. In the seat many, in many years a regular, isn't he? 
yeah. Anyway, Alex is so right. You see, you know, you think JK's easily distracted. You ain't <laughs> seen nothing like your Uncle Chidge when it comes to things like Sharp. Excuse me, I'm not I'm not easily distracted. It's you. You always distract me. It's you if we're distracted. Not easily. It's always against my will. I'm forced to. Yeah, right. I beg to differ. <laughs> Give him a tube of Smarties and he's anybody's. Yeah, oh, exactly. True. Exactly. Uh, okay, we ought to talk football, really. Uh, it's like not as though anything's happened this week. Um, this is kind of really <laughs> what... It's kind of why we've got Sam on, because he knows about football and he was, I know... <laughs> he was... Yeah, sometimes. He was, he, was at the, he was at the press conference today. That was for sure. But let's before we get into that... Um, we we really need to talk about uh you know well I, I think one of the biggest games that Chelsea have had and certainly the arguably so almost the last decade certainly the last seven years um, the Real Madrid game and uh, it's kind of says everything and I think the general mood I mean I was all over Twitter and Discord and WhatsApp afterwards but the general mood was slightly disappointed and when when you can say you know that. We were slightly disappointed at getting a one-one draw away to Real Madrid in the Champions League semi-final. I think that tells us a lot about how well Chelsea played. Actually, J.K. They should have come home with three three-one pops possibly. Oh, I'm so, yeah, I feel exactly the same. I was so disappointed. We were so excellent, particularly in the first twenty minutes. Wow, the the huge acres we had Conte playing magnificently and i'm afraid Jorginho. sorry to those Jorginho haters like myself yeah he was one, great i'm particular it was great yeah. was when you thought what a top player that man is and uh and yet you know we've been trying to get rid of him for the past year but and you, a half european it's, football suits him doesn't it jk completely, completely, completely. that's the thing absolutely yeah. but uh it was it was uh it, it seemed to coincide us slightly not being as on top when the when it rained i've never seen yeah. such I was actually worried the game would be postponed um, just because the ball started to roll around a bit. And I thought we might recreate Torres's first goal because I remember when he scored his first goal, the ball got stuck in the penalty area because of the wet. And he swiveled and, and knocked it in. And I was thinking that might happen for Werner. We might be recreating that. But uh, no, the, I think the thing what it's become so apparent is that that he's made them into a, a completely phenomenal side. And all of Europe watching will have gone... Actually, they're better than Real Madrid. Actually, they could win. It was win the so poker. the better side. It was so the better side, yeah. yeah. And it was it was joyous, but we're yeah. suddenly into a world now where I'm going, I'm applying, you know, the, the, the seasons we were doing wonderfully in the Champions League, and I'm going, no, we ought to be beating them. Come on, come on. And part of me is thinking, yeah, but, you know, two years ago, this side was some of the same players were playing awfully. Yeah. So it's so down to the manager. You've just got to to look yeah. at the genius of Tuchel to make them play this way. Let, let me let me pick your ball up and and steal it. Actually. Run it with but, someone else, steal but, it. Absolutely. But I'm going to run with it too, actually, which is the yeah. point, because I think that segues very nicely into what I wanted to talk to Sam about, really. Because I know Sam, I mean, Sam and Adam uh, were so, I mean, quite rightly, actually, but Savvy as well as Jernos this week, were so all over this, the build-up, the during, you know, the aftermath as well. But I think I think the thing that really impressed me most, Sam, about the game, and, and picking up from what JK was saying about Tuchel, the way he set the side up, the attitude that he instilled into the players. And I tell you another thing, um, we wobbled a bit in the second half. And I think, the, I think JK's right. I think the rain had a fair bit to do with it and it was taking it out of them. And the three subs he made at that point, oh, magnificent. spot on, spot on, Sam, and Absolutely. and I mean and suddenly the balance tipped in Chelsea's favour again. So um, a double plus for Tommy T, I think. 
Absolutely. Um, he out-tacticked Zidane, I think. Um, as obviously Zidane tried to match up with them by going with, uh, with, with five defenders uh, at the start. And they were just completely overrun. I think JK mentioned it. It was N'Golo Kante bursting through from midfield was causing them all sorts of problems. And so was Christian Pulisic and also Mason Mount. They couldn't handle them. Um, it was a fantastic performance, especially for that first half an hour. Um, and as you rightly say, the only regret probably from that game was that they didn't take their chances in that first half. I know obviously the Timo Werner one was massive. Um, ben Chilwell also missed a chance. It wasn't the easiest one, but it was a presentable chance. There was a number of counter-attacks that broke down. Um, so they could have arguably been, yeah, 3-1, the third, sorry, 3-0-4, even 4-0 perhaps up by the half-hour mark. So that was the only slight blot on the, on, on the game. But when you're going to a 13 times winner of the Champions League who at this stage of the season always turn up and bring their A game at this stage of the competition who have got that unbelievable experience and in comparison to Chelsea's a very young side they played phenomenally well um, but I mean if you took if, if you said to Tuchel before the game you, will you take 1-1 you'd have probably snapped your arm off and taken it um, but it just gives them so much confidence going into the game at, at Stamford Bridge next week. And we saw what they did to Atletico Madrid. There's absolutely no reason they can't do it again. Yeah, definitely. That's really, really true. Because, I mean, you know, Real Madrid, for all of their, you know, attacking prowess, uh, have also been quite stingy defensively. So, you know, and we made them look well ordinary, I think. Alex, I mean, I mean, the one, you know, I thought of you, actually, cause, and I thought of myself as well, obviously, but... You know, the last time we had a, a Champions League semi-final at the bridge, you know, I was in the pub at lunchtime and it got very, very messy, literally and metaphorically. Uh, and and, there, and it's a real shame that we're, we're not there to see these games. But the other thing is, you know, I mean, I know we can all sit here and go, yeah, Kante was brilliant. Yeah, Jorginho was brilliant. Yeah, Rudiger was brilliant, all of this. But I mean, how did you feel seeing somebody like Mason Mount, who was, you know, in the academy only a few years ago, Reese James came on as well, mixing it with the very, very best and, and not looking in any way out of place. I mean, was your heart bursting with pride? It was. Do you know what I did as soon as the final whistle went? Had a gin. No. No? Alexa, play madness one step beyond. <laughs> Like, I know she's going to start here as well. <laughs> Alexa, shut up. <laughs> Brilliant. Alexa, shut up. That's what I did. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? And it, it is, is sad that we're not there. It's it's weird. It's disjointed not being there for it because it makes the games feel not as big as they are, yeah. especially when you're, you're playing in their training ground and stuff. But can I just say, like, I think my only appraisal that I can give of Kante in that game was... No. Yeah, I mean, it was amazing. I can't remember who I had a chat with. Um, it might even have been on Monday's podcast. They're, they're all blurring into one at the moment, but <laughs> I, I and you know, you know what that feels like. But you know, I, I had a chat with somebody, and and they said, you know what, he's better than Makaleli. I mean, Makaleli was so good they named a role after him. But you know what. Kante is better than Makaleli. And, and I thought, well, well, that's a really interesting thing to say. But I kind of, it's a tough one, JK. But I think I think I'd, I basically said to the whoever it was, and I wish, wish I could remember who it was, I said, do you know what? I'm going to say he is because he drives a Mini. And that was the only way I could make a decision. <laughs> the make of cars relevant. I don't even know what Makaleli drove. But they're, they're very different players. Makaleli yeah, had that ability yeah. of wrapping himself round and not giving a foul away and nicking the ball away. But um, I think um, 
I think Kante's a, a, a better athlete than Makaleli. Well, I'm being unfair. I, um, my memories of Makaleli was that he was just unbelievably solid and people couldn't get past him. Whereas we're, we're thinking about somebody who not only gets the ball, but then breaks like, um, he's like a marathon runner, isn't he? He's like, a, he's, he's, he's um, what are those great, those great um, marathon runners of the, uh, even the current ones, one of the Kenyans, all those Kenyans, they just keep going and they, they, they're they merciless. Kip Kano in our, exactly, in our day. Eat, eat up Do you them know up what's even better than the mini though? What? He lives, he lives above a chip shop or something, doesn't he? he in Croydon. He lives in a flat above a shop. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you where off air. But yeah, he yeah. lives in a flat above a shop. Yeah, he's, he's proper. He's, and he he's smiles. Cool. And he's, I mean, unlike McAuley, I always remember, he was actually quite a smooth player in a way. He he glid or glided over the turf. Whereas Kante's just got just this boundless energy. And I mean, the whole thing that we've always said, the Leicester fans said it before us, you know, that we've got two Kantes. If you, if you kind of like, took a still shot of a, of a game of an, where a Kante is in action, what you would see is like, you know, pictures of players and Kante would be a blur. I did hear some always in motion. of a commentator, like I think it was probably McManaman or someone equally rubbish, who turned around the other day and went, it's like there's two of him on the pitch, as if they were the first person to think. ever said it. I yeah. think if you took if you took a what photograph, an observation. <laughs> if you took a photograph, Chidge, in fact, like that, I think you'd see you'd see him in defence, but you'd also see yeah. him. In the, yeah. I don't think it'd be a blur. I think in the in the first half, especially, he led he led so many counter attacks in that first half. Yeah. And admittedly, it was the only thing that he arguably did wrong in that game was there was some of his passing was a little bit off in in those counter attacks. Yeah. When, also, when, when it was Tuchel... raining and it started getting wet, they they all yeah. judged all the passes. It was hard it was so, to do that. So unfortunate. Okay. Listen, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some stats on your asses here because I know how. Oh, much, if I any know... of them is an X. Well, just should it. it the, no, no, they're banned. XGs <laughs> are banned from this show. There are people who are yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest who know that XGs are banned from this show for good reason. This is this is one that I really like. And again, this goes back to Tuchel, Sam. Real Madrid registered just one shot on target versus Chelsea. Since yeah. 2003-04, only versus Paris Saint-Germain in September 2019 when they registered nil, have they had fewer in a UEFA Champions League game. Of course, the manager in that game against Paris Saint-Germain was Thomas Tuchel. Oh, and by the way... For avoidance of doubt, a legal expression known by many people, uh, Real Madrid have still never beaten Chelsea th- thus far. So it's now 1-1, 2-1, 1-0, and now 1-1. It's remarkable. I, th- I have to say, you know, apart from the disappointment about not scoring enough goals, it's, it was a superb performance. How are they feeling in the kind of camp? I mean, you've been in the presser today, and you've been, I would imagine, more close to it than we have. What, what's been the general feeling after the game from the boys? <laughs> You've been out of your house, is what Chich made. You've been, you've, been, you've been in the bin at Cobham, Sam. I didn't want to say it, but Alex made me. What can I say? I, w- I, I wish I'd been out to Cobham. We're still not allowed there, unfortunately. And, and on, your, on your point on Tuchel as well, he's also he's also not lost to Real Madrid uh, in, in in knockout games. Uh, he's unbeaten against them as well. Um, what I found interesting from what Tuchel was saying was that he didn't want his um, Chelsea players to overwork themselves. Um, and to try, I think the word he used was try and perform a miracle. It was almost just like, right, you just go and play your game, do what you want to do. Um, and they still managed to, for certainly for half an hour, if not more than that, play Real Madrid off the park. And also, obviously, they more than competed with them for the, for, for the rest of the game. Um, so the confidence, well, the confidence is always going to be high. He's only lost two games in in twenty two in charge, so of course the confidence is going to be high going into going into the second leg next week. But yeah, I mean. 
you can just see that there's there's players there that know their role, they know what they're doing, they're well drilled, they're incredibly well coached, which is what we've all known about Tuchel ever since he was well even at Borussia Dortmund. We knew that he he, he he's a, an elite level coach, and, and he's brought that to Chelsea. So there's absolutely no reason why they shouldn't feel confident going into the second leg. I think because everyone knows it's, 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 I know it sounds simple, but everyone knows what they're doing. And um, they don't, and they don't, and they don't deviate from that. Um, so yeah, so I can imagine spirits in the camp are very high. Um, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens after the weekend with the Fulham game, which is a, which is actually a very difficult game, um, which I'm sure we'll come on to. But yeah, there's there, there, there's no reason why they shouldn't be brimming with confidence heading into that second leg because of how they performed simply just in that first. Mm. J.K., you look pensive. No, I was going to say he's the, the board's dream, isn't he? He's a board's dream that he's come in and he's taken players who we'd written off and turned them into into world class. I mean, perhaps they were world. Perhaps Jorginho was world class originally, and just uh, under Sarri, but and uh, because Guardiola apparently wanted him, but he's he's caused him to become this absolutely perfect cog in the machine of, of the way they play. Yeah, when somebody doesn't stick a spanner in it. Indeed, well, the spanner, the, the Sam Allardyce spanner, yeah. just slightly got in the way of it. But, um, but no, I, 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 I just find the, the, the ability of of the team to, um, not even perform above themselves. They're performing at the correct level under Tuchel, and it is, it's, it's uh, astonishing. Is the wrong word? It is just, it's now become slightly inevitable because they just play, they play at this level every game. I, th- I mean, think what would happen. If they had somebody to put the ball in the net. Ah, what a segue. It's exactly what I was going to say. Go on then, Alex. Being disingenuous if we didn't say, are we going to rue the amount of chances that uh, Werner pissed away? Well, let's, can I just, can I kind of, uh, you know, get a bit stats heavy on your ass again? This is a cracking tweet that was doing, I think it came out from Squawker right after the game. But uh, no Premier League player has missed more big chances in league and European competition this season than Tim O'Verner. Uh, 29 big chances, 21 missed, 8 scored. And of course, if one was being harsh, you'd say he missed a sitter. If one was being less harsh, you'd say that Big No Snake made a good save. But, you know, the thought, I think, when we were all watching it occurred was that if we had a really decent striker, we would have put these bastards to bed. You know, that's the thing. And I mean, I know he contributes. I know his pace scared the shit out of them all night. And I, and I, and there's a part of me, part of my heart that really loves Werner. But I have to say, JK, it was uber frustrating, wasn't it? We're almost not allowed to criticise. It's all, you've got to give him a chance. I well, we're, we're good like that on the whole. Give him a chance. We were like get that behind, with Torres, mate. And, I know they're saying, get behind even the team. Even Kesman we were like that with. And exactly, get behind the team. What's Robert the matter Fleck, with you? maybe not you're so not, much. You're not a real supporter. You're not getting, you're not, you're criticising. Let me give him a go. He's come from Germany. He's foreign. This he can't is what JK's it, like in his posh seat, isn't it, Alex? In, in the issues of the... <laughs> if only I was. Yes, no, I'm, more I'm, like more, angry cat, I'm more... Actually. Oh, come on. I say things like, um, devoid of ideas. Come on. Come on. I say things like that. But anyway... Take but, him um... on the perpendicular. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, where are the smarties? I say. Um, but... God damn it, I'm not eating these M&M's again. This is a real chocolate. Half time, yes, yes. And a chocolate eclair and some pheasant, but um, other snacks. You know, but, are you, you, but you know the, the it's that that's the big thing that it's almost as if we're not allowed to say actually he's a pile of shit. Come on, 
What can we well, do? I don't think he is a pile of shit. Well, nobody, well, once he's again, he, but he's not. All right, he's not. Even at the presser today, he said, "Yes, it will come. It will come." How much? If, if at the end of this, we we you know, it's 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 one one, and we lose on penalties or something, are we going to say, "Well, we lost because of Werner"? We will have. We would have done. This absolutely. Done, I've been the complete opposite of you all season. I've been proper chilled. I've been proper like, hey, he hasn't got any friends and he's not even like he's literally exactly, exactly in a new country and he's shuttling back. And even I yeah. thought the other night, oh, fuck's sake, really? Really, Werner? I just, at some point, he's just got a very one, hasn't he? What do you reckon, Sam? It's hard, isn't it? You know, it's a real conflict if you're a supporter because JK's right. There's a half of you that wants to murder him but there's another half that knows one has to really support him because he's wearing blue. You can be a, a lot more impartial than we can. So where do you where do you sit on this? I mean, I know I've come on this podcast quite a few times now, and I've been very defensive of um, uh, of Werner and said, "Give him some time, give him a chance, and and then it will come good." And then I thought after the West Ham game that would be the one that got him into gear because um, that's what he needed it was a, a, a tap in to just get himself off the mark. He's like, we're the one that goes in off your backside or whatever. Um, but then he missed that chance. Um, sitter. Yeah, it was a bit, it was a sitter. Okay. Yeah, it was a sitter. Um, when you miss that, when you miss that chance, I'll go back to chance just to be impartial. <laughs> um, and uh, when he, when he, when he missed that, I was like, oh, here we go again. And you just, and you just, it, for me as a journalist, I just knew that's what was going to be the talking point, especially if Chelsea didn't win the game. Um, and, it, and, 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 and that's what that's what it's turned out to be. I'm still going to plead patience with him. I, if, I'm not, I'm not going to write off his record and what he's done elsewhere. I know it's it's different playing in the Bundesliga to the Premier League, etc., etc. And it's three goals in 33 appearances for Chelsea. But um, I mean, you all know that Ch- that Chelsea are in a market for for a new striker this summer. So well, so we'll see. On, but, on that on. point, I had a chat with uh, with dear old Mark Meehan today on WhatsApp, and he was at the time having um, having a coffee with Nigel Spatman. And uh, Mark, I'm sure Mark wouldn't mind you telling me this. Anyway, it's too late because I'm about to. But he said, I've had a long chat with Spackers about Werner. As, as Spackers has been covering the Bundesliga for the last few years, he's convinced that Werner will come good. And if we buy Haaland, we should play those two up top next year. And I said, if we buy Haaland? <laughs> but, <laughs> but the point is, is that I and actually... Um, Goldbeck Thunderbastard on Mixler. What a name. Has, what a great said, name that is. <laughs> has, has, has said, I, gen- I don't think it's his real name, Sam. All right, but anyway. Really? Just, I hope so. I know, I know. Yeah. Uh, well, I why, why, is it, why is it not his real name? Well, it the long line of Thunderbastards. Anyway, he says, I genuinely think he's good. He needs to play with a proper number nine. When he played with Tammy, it worked. And I th- I mean, we did a bloody show, didn't we, about extolling the virtues of, of Tammy and, and Werner playing together. But anyway, Alex, you, I know you, you even raised your hand, so I know there is something on your mind. What do I do for a living, Chidge? You is a historian, innit? I spend my entire life writing about World War One and World War Two, and I've never ever seen such a wussy German in all my life. <laughs> ever. You're right. He, he, he never tackles anybody. You're right. He never follows through. You're right. You're right. I want to love him. If not for social distancing, I'd cuddle him. I feel bad for him. It must be awful to be young and in a new country and not allowed out of your flat and only banking your six-figure salary and sitting in your luxury accommodation with no friends and no drinking and whatever no girls but 
I have never seen such a was it's that face he pulls whenever he fails. It's really beginning to get on my nerves. I've just I've never is he German? Have we I want a, I want one of those ancestry DNA things done. You're all very no, he's not. He's Irish. It's Tim O'Werner. We all know that. But I think you're no, all you're all you're all he's very Italian harsh. Or French, Italian or French, one of the two. You're, <laughs> you're, you're all very harsh. Um, look, we should very quickly uh, give some massive props up, Sam, to uh, Pulisic, who uh, I thought, um, you, you know, we we we. I mean, that goal was hazardesque. No two ways about it. I mean, you you know, because I've just done a piece for you which features. Uh, Hercule Poirot, as you so rudely suggested on on WhatsApp. No, <laughs> no, Eden Hazard and Thibaut Courtois. So I spent a lot of the afternoon whilst writing this article. Contrary to popular belief, I do do a bit of research. So I, I, I've been watching uh, Eden Hazard scoring goals for fun all afternoon. It's been great. And um, that that Pulisic goal had elements of Hazard in it. The way he he took it around people and buried it and. I think he, he, he's got so much potential if he can stay fit. But for, to see him score in a really big game like that was huge, I think, Sam. Also, the, uh, header, the header was fantastic across for Werner. Yeah, yeah. I, was gonna, I was just going to say that. It was, the, it was the composure that he showed, not just for the goal, but also, yeah, for that header across that Werner should have scored from. Um, it's that, yeah, that composure. It's so key with Pulisic that he can stay fit. We saw what he did after um, after the lockdown one, if you can remember that all that, all that time ago, the... Um, and, and and how he, I'm not saying single-handedly, but he was a key component in Chelsea getting into the top four under Frank Lampard. So we all we all know that potential is there with Pulisic. Uh, it's just a case of him and his hamstrings staying staying healthy and staying and staying fit. Um, because if 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 he can stay fit and has a good run and has a decent run of games, and I think and, and, well even at the moment as well, I think he's an automatic starter in the side uh, at the moment. But yeah, his his composure showed. So that goal was great. I mean, you're not going to... Uh, I've seen a lot of people comparing him to Hazard, obviously, what with you was just saying there as well, Chidge. But... Different players. Let's pump the brakes a little bit on that. Um, yeah, he's got the same shirt number. But, um, yeah, let's just, let, let, let's pump the brakes on him and don't and don't put too much pressure on him no. at the moment. Because... And, he's, and, he, and, and I think the best thing as well, he's still only... What, is he 22? I think he's 22 he's now. Yeah, he's early 20s, definitely. So much time on his side. Yeah, it's great to see, isn't it? Listen, mate, we've got, we're going to have uh, dear old Dom from the Fulhamish pod on in a minute. So uh, I know you're at the presser today. Uh, what can you tell... Well, I mean, two two questions, really. One, what can you tell us about the press and what should we know? And secondly, has there been any other big standout news, Chelsea-wise, this week? Because I've had my head totally in the Real Madrid match, so I've been a bit unaware of everything else going on. Well, uh, Antonio Rudiger's out for the game this weekend, and he is also a doubt for Real Madrid, which I think is a massive blow. Oops, uh, I didn't, it, I didn't if, know that. I thought I knew it was tomorrow, but not... not... Yeah, he's a, he, he, Tuchel said he's hopeful he'll be back for Wednesday, um, but he's certainly a doubt for the game, and obviously Mateo Kovacic is out um, this weekend uh, as well, and arguably it also is a doubt again for Wednesday. So... That's the, that's the that's probably the big the big news from 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 Tuchel's press conference that um, and he was also asked why he was wearing a cap uh, in, in, in indoors but unfortunately I can't say I can't tell you what the answer was to that because uh, it's under embargo so I can't tell you half wasn't it <laughs> but, yeah, well, it's under, can I can I hazard a guess here is it because he's hiding his ball patch I couldn't possibly say is I couldn't possibly say has he had a transplant in the short period that, between the Real Madrid and the okay. training session? He said that um, he was disappointed because um, 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 what's his face had come back and played um, uh, 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 at the training session and, and had got um, and had felt it at the end of the training. Oh, 
Yeah, yeah, Kovacic, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so Kovacic is still struggling with an injury. Um, but yeah, yeah, Rudy, Rudiger's out. And then, what's up with, what, um, what's up with Rudiger, Sam? Uh, well, he took he took a hit to the face in injury time um, against in, against Real Madrid. Uh, Tuchel didn't expand on on what the what the issue was, but that he was he was down in the box for a couple of minutes, I think, to run the 88, 89th minute, and he did say earlier that it was an injury he picked up in the final moments of the game. So we don't know what's going on there. Um, so he didn't he didn't place. he didn't expand on it, but. <laughs> But sorry, but he didn't. He didn't expand on it. So, so, so we'll see what happens with it. But and and I think it'll be a, the team news that he puts out, the the selection he puts out on on Saturday, it'll be very interesting as to what his thought process is going into into that Real Madrid game on Wednesday, because there is a chance for him to rotate some players to to keep them fresh for Wednesday. Yeah, I've I've gone to town on that in in part three, uh, and I've, and as ever, I've done my own little lineup. So we might we might hold hold uh, fire on that. Any other kind of Chelsea-related news this week that we should have uh, been abreast of and haven't been? Or I speak for myself, obviously, but... Um, no, not really. Um, is, uh, unfortunately, my job is, is incredibly revolving around games at the moment because it's it, there's, there's lots of games going on. There's a hell of a schedule going on. Tuchel's not very happy with the with the new Champions League format. And he also said today that the, the, the schedule he's on at the moment is brutal. Uh, he is looking forward to getting some new books when uh, when he's allowed to go and do so because that's how he's how he's been unwinding but even he said it himself he's because he was asked if he's actually been able to spend any time outside of the club going explore london because he's obviously not been here but and not lived here before and um and, and whatever but he's not been able to because he's been just involved in this social bubble that he's that he's not been able to get out of so i think he's probably quite looking forward to being going i don't know grabbing a coffee somewhere and in, in in west london where he's staying and so yeah there's not really um there's not, there's nothing groundbreaking. Put it that way. Chelsea's still interested in Erling Haaland, still interested in Romelu Lukaku as well. But they might. I did read today that they might cost 105 million pounds to to bring Lukaku back into the club. So, so we'll see. But um, yeah, there's nothing nothing out of the ordinary. Not that I know anyway. Some other people might know, but I certainly don't. Know. I, I think you you make a good point, and that's kind of where I've been with it. Is that you know. Um... Well, there are so many big games on at the moment, and you just you just kind of lurch from one to the next, and it's 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 really brutal, and you know I'm, I'm I've got a lot of work on as well, and it's knackering, so I kind of feel for those boys. Right, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up uh, this uh, part, um, but I can tell you if I can remember what it is because I haven't actually put the thing up because the whole kind of shenanigans with Twitter and stuff at the moment. But uh, the lovely people at Football Prizes have got another competition. Um, here we go. Uh, right. Next week. It is going to be... Come on, where is it? Apparently, Chidge, I did quite well with the ah. predictions. Oh, well, uh, yeah, I'll save that to the end. We'll save the best till last, JK, but well, remind me. Right, next week's prize on uh, football prizes, football at football underscore prizes on Twitter, is, would you believe it, a signed and framed Thomas Tuchel shirt so if you want to get a rarity you know because he might not be here next season you need to get your Timo Werner signed and framed shirt so there you go 495 I'll put the link up on Twitter uh, sometime tonight um, but as always with those you know you need to get in there quick otherwise they all get sold out now uh, Sam it's entirely up to you you're more than welcome to stay 
for our opposition view and our preview if you'd like to if you've got nothing better to do um if you if you're if you have a pre pre-organized date at the pub go forth with and have a pint for me but you'll most I'd love, I'd, I'd love to but i think my dinner's going to be now, ready there you go pretty soon so i may well have to shoot off otherwise otherwise i would have stayed no not at all we we, we bullied adam into staying the other week and i didn't want to, to you to feel that you were not welcome but you always oh, I, feel, are. Well, I, feel, I, feel, I feel bad now that adam stayed on and i'm not going to he did it under very heavy duress it has to be said <laughs> he was very good though sam don't say things yeah. like that yeah. No, I agree. I agree better than me. <laughs> you're you're terrible. <laughs> Absolutely. You're both equally lovely, and we're very privileged to have you. So thank oh, you. Can't. All right, chaps. Um, when's my piece going up before I dis- disappear? Uh, um, we'll get it sorted tomorrow before All kick-off. Right. Okay, I, yeah. I, think, I, suspect, I suspect Adam will probably have to do it, because I'm actually at the game tomorrow. It's the first oh, time I've right. been to Stafford Bridge in about six weeks. Oh, lovely. So, right. um, yeah, I'll be there tomorrow. So nice we'll, 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 get, we'll get Adam on the case. Lovely. Well, there you go. Look out for my piece on Thibaut Quarter and Eden Hazard tomorrow in London, And, of course, keep abreast of everything you need to, Chelsea-wise, from Adam and Sam on London. They are absolutely brilliant at what they do and it's lovely to have them on here Do, uh, and, and sam thank you so much really look forward to seeing you again soon and enjoy the game tomorrow as always a pleasure brilliant there you go sam Ingersoll from football.london now we're going to have a quick break and then when we come back we're going to have the wonderful don betts from the fulhamish podcast der einzige markt für das was jetzt und in der zukunft wertvoll ist die neuesten Sneakers, Kleidung, Elektronik, Sammlerstücke und vieles mehr. Alles hundertprozentig geprüft und authentisch. Mit StockX hast du Zugang zu Millionen von Produkten, die ausverkauft oder schwer zu finden sind. Und alle für den Preis, den sie wirklich wert sind. Denn wir alle sollten das kriegen, was wir gerne haben möchten. StockX – Zugang zu aktuellen Trends. Finde, was du brauchst auf StockX.com. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chels. Right, welcome back, everybody. It's the Chelsea Fancast Friday Night Preview Show with, of course, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Whoop. And the absolutely delightful uh, Alex Churchill, Alexandra Churchill. Boom. Oh, it's Alex now. They've decided. They've decided on a rebrand. Okay, you're being rebranded. I think, actually, you should rebrand to Alexa Churchill because that would be really annoying whenever you do Zoom things with people and you've got an Alexa sitting. Because I've actually put mine on mute now. It's on red. So I can say, Alexa, 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 and nothing will happen. Mine's on and she'll start again. Alexa, who's the best historian called Alex Churchill? No answer. Typical. Anyway, we should move on. because we've got Wait, a... wait. Have you asked your Alexa yet? Uh, hang... Now she started because you did that. Alexa, shut up. <laughs> Enough. We need to get on with it. Have you asked your Alexa yet who H is? No, I haven't. And I've turned it off because I don't want it to be talking back at me during a show. Listen, we've got a guest, so we need to get on. And the reason we have a guest is because we've got this. The Opposition View. 
That's right, Opposition View. It's that time of the week, and I'm delighted to say we've got a very old mate of ours, actually, somebody who we used to work a lot with at Love Sport Radio, who put up with us, actually. I mean, he's got the patience of a saint. And uh, we were we, we, we had Sam on the last time we had the Fulhamish boys. On this time, we've got Mr. Dom Betts. Hello, Dom. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. I quite I quite enjoyed last week. You know, I didn't have to be dis- disappointed by watching Fulham. So it was a it was a nice it was a nice week off. Yeah, you've had a tough time this season, haven't you, mate? I mean, you're in what seventeenth place, or is it eighteenth? I forget. Eighteenth. Yeah. I'm being just kind. With that, we're down there. Just uh, yeah. Let's just say it that way. I mean, that's that's really why I wanted to start, really, mate. I mean, is is it is it is it a foregone conclusion you're going to go back down, or can you by some miracle stay up? No, because it would require us to win football matches, and that's simply not going to not going to happen at the moment. I I think although it's sort of disappointing sort of about how we were sort of in it and we've sort of sort of just not been able to get ourselves out of it. I think though the position we're in now, I think if it's where probably people expected us to be when you spoke to Fulham fans at the beginning of the season, I'd say. Because I think what I said at the beginning of the season was I still think we'll probably go down but we'll remain more competitive than we did two seasons ago when we were relegated at the beginning of April. So I think that although it's disappointing that we sort of did have the chances this season to get out of things, I just think that you know, you know the way the season works with us winning the playoff final, having to restart um, the Premier League so quickly, didn't get all our transfers in until about six, seven games into the season. I think, you know, although as I said, it's annoying that we 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 sort of had it in our hands to get out of the situation and we sort of lost recently. But the only reason I don't see us getting out of it, and I think you know relegation is pretty much confirmed now. Is you know last I spoke to you earlier, Chid, and I said you know last week uh, Burnley beat Wolves, was it four nil, four one, and we can't do that. You know, we, 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 we at the back, we're fine, we're solid enough. But going forward, we just don't look like scoring goals. And I mean, you know, our home record is appalling. You know, the only two teams we've beaten are the two teams below us in the table. Um, we've won more games away from them than we have at home this season. As I said, we, we've we actually won the same amount of games in the city of Liverpool than we have in the city of London this season. So I think that shows where our problems have been lying. Mm. Has Madger not made any difference then, Dom? Uh, not really. He's sort of, he's made... He's obviously scored the penalty against Arsenal and he scored two against Everton. But yeah, it's 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 still not. It's also the creation of chances as well. It's not like we're miss, we're like Brighton where we're missing loads and loads of chances. It's more we just there even in the midfield there isn't that creative spark to create the chances for our players. You know, when he, the few times Mitrich has played this season, for example, just hasn't been getting the service required. You know, you see him when he plays for Serbia. He gets the service required, and that's why he's, you know, Serbia's all-time top goal scorer now. So, I think that yeah, he just hasn't been. We haven't been giving our attackers the service they need through the midfield, and so I think you know we we decided at the beginning of the season when we're conceding goals left, right, and centre, right, we'd shore it up at the back, and we did that. We just sort of never built on that to then you know get us the goals that we need. Mm. Um, I was going to, I mean, you know, kind of allied to the season, and 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 you're, you're pretty resigned to the fact that you that you're going to go down. Um, you know where where do you sit as a as a supporter with Scotty Parker in terms of how he's done and what his future might be at Fulham? With Scott Parker, I, I'm. It's weird. I think he's probably done. Even if we do go down, he's probably done a better job this season than he did getting us up last season. Because last season, if he didn't win that playoff final against Brentford, one, it had been catastrophic to lose to them in their biggest ever game, mm. and also that that season would have been deemed a fairly big failure. Because I think if you're looking at the squads arguably in the Championship last season, our squad was probably the best. I know we've seen what Bielsa's done with Leeds players, but if you looked at, you know, Mitrovic over Bamford, you would have taken Mitrovic. You look at 
Cavalera and Knockout on paper going into that season, you'd argue that's probably better than the, like, the likes of Jack Harrison and, you know, even at the back, the likes of you know, Tim Ream, we've seen they could do, Tom Kearney. So I think that Scott Parker's definitely someone who's had to learn on the job. But for me, if he can stay next season, I think it'd be great. But I don't think it's a foregone conclusion because it, se- it doesn't seem like Spurs can get any manager they actually want. So, you know, with obviously they want to get an Oldsman, he's obviously going to buy Munich. Uh, Den Haag and Ajax signed a new deal today. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually do end up going for someone like Scott Parker. But I am confident that, you know, he will be at the club next season. I can't see the club sacking him, um, which is which is there's something different for the Khans because, you know, I think in their two Premier League scenes they've had at the club previous to this, I think we've had six managers. I mean, or technically you can include more. There was that weird period in time in 13, 14, where we sort of had, you know, uh, I think Ray Wilkins was there and Mullenstein was there. Curvishly was there at the same time. So, yeah, I, I can't see the Khans getting rid of Scott Parker, but it's whether... He's, if he's actually sort of a viable person that Tottenham are going to go with, or even someone like Crystal Palace, because I personally can't see Roy Hodgson staying beyond this season. Obviously, oh, there's links with Frank Lampard as well. Um, but yeah, no, I can't see us getting rid of him, but I wouldn't be surprised if another Premier League team tried to poach him. I mean, that, sorry, Tom, Jake, how many, I, I, can, I just, can I just pop this one in and then give it, because it links to what he was saying. But you, you can, yeah. It would be interesting to see if Scott Parker did go to, let's say he goes to Spurs. I mean, that would be quite funny in my book. But you know, what about Frank Lampard going to Fulham? I'm, I'm not sporting Fulham if that happens. <laughs> Seriously, why not? I He's probably the Chelsea player I've played the most over the I mean, years. That's right. I, I remember your weird... It's like, like Darren Mantle and, and uh, Ballack, isn't it? I, there would be a lot of Fulham fans who wouldn't go. Why? If Frank, if Frank Lampard was manager. There would be quite a lot. Like, why? I just go, Explain I just to go, me. It's just there's just there's just a pure hatred from the Fulham fan base of Frank Lampard. How can anybody hate Frank Lampard? You follow England as well. Yeah, and if 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 it wasn't for Lampard, England might have done better in major tournaments. Oh, that's a load of arse gravy, and you know it. You know it. No, is it not just because he's Chelsea? You would because you, you hate Chelsea, isn't it? Isn't it? No, because there's like there's there's other there's other Chelsea players who I don't dis I don't dislike as much. I think I don't know. It was probably because Lampard just always scored against us. I mean that's probably yeah. No, that's a that's a good enough reason for me. <laughs> yeah. I, I hate yeah. plenty of players who score against us, that's for sure. I remember every I just always <laughs> every time we play chess, I just always remember Lampard scoring. That's it's fantastic. Like, that's brilliant. Right, sorry Jake. See now there we go. I didn't mean to butt in, but that was kind of No, worth no, it's great. It's great. It was it was a really good question, Chidge. So uh, Oh know. thank you, Jake. Oh, hey? Yeah. That's very kind be, of you to say. I thought you'd be appreciative of my uh, um appreciation. <laughs> <laughs> Don't lick me, laddie. Oh, I can't help it. Um no, I just want to say that uh, um how many players are on loan? Is it ten? Yeah, there's quite a lot. So if you're looking at sort of our regular sort of starting eleven and the players who are online there, you've got obviously Alphonse Ariola in net, who I think is good enough to start and goal for probably any top six time team. You know, he was at PSG and Real Madrid the last couple of seasons. I don't know why he's at Fulham. Um, and then you've got Anderson, who's on loan from Olympic Lyon, who's been probably been our best player this season. Again, I wouldn't be. I think he's been linked to the likes of Manchester United and Tottenham Hotspur in the last couple of months. You know, at the end of his deal, because and then you also you got Ola Aina from Torino, who's obviously you guys all know from his time at Chelsea. Uh, you got Ruben, you got Ruben Loftus Cheek, got Mario Lamina, um, in 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 the wide areas. You got Adamana Lutman, you know, you got Josh Madger. We got so many players on loan, which is which is a, I understand it's a way of getting higher quality players who you probably wouldn't be able to afford in the transfer market. But then you go into next season, and then you, you majority, won't have them. The majority of starting eleven's gone, and I yeah. hate and I. I don't. You probably don't get this being when Sporting Chelsea. You don't sign too many of your top players on loan. They're obviously obviously on permanent deals. 
But when you start getting feelings for a loan player and you know they're going to leave it in the season, it's just... That's terrible. It's, pain, it's, it's painful. Yeah. It's, it's really painful, especially with someone like Anderson and Ariola. It's like they've been so good for us this season and then we'll probably just won't see... We'll probably have, I'll probably have the opportunity. It's even worse this season because obviously you haven't been in the game. So I'll probably have the opportunity to see them once, maybe twice in a Fulham shirt in person before... Uh, wherever, wherever they end up next season, and knowing our like Anderson will probably end up at Spurs because one of Spurs's recruitment strategies is to just look what players are playing well at Fulham, and then they just go go mm. and sign them. You know, Ryan Sessegnon, Moose Dembele, Stephen Davis. Empathy though. Imagine guys, Morata coming back from loan. How sad you'd feel. <laughs> very. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of where, where we, yeah, we have a very a slightly different perspective on it, don't we? Listen, talking of loanees, Dom, um, you know, we're all very, very fond of Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Um, you know, you and I talked about it earlier, actually, today, didn't we, on your on your show, um, and how, you know, it seems quite, he, he seems quite a tragic figure for us because he he finally broke through in that year under Sarri, then got that ridiculous injury on the carpet in, in, uh, in America, and... Uh, and, you know, had a terrible time after that trying to get fit again. And he went out on loan to you lot. How has he done? Where is he as a player, do you think? Uh, he's been arguably one of our worst players this season, I'd say. Wow, seriously? Yeah, he's, I, he just does. He's got, as I, if you're looking at, I'm not like a um, fan to just go off stats and that's how you judge a player. But he's got one goal and zero assists this season. And that one goal was a deflected strike against Everton back in probably November time. And he, he's just quite languid, his... And he he doesn't he doesn't look remotely the same player. You know, I'm I'm the player I know is the player who was I one of England's best players at the 2018 World Cup. I, I, I thought anyway, yeah, yeah. I thought it was I thought it was amazing bringing in that tournament. And we just haven't seen that player whatsoever. He seems quite I don't know the work ethic doesn't seem to be there. He doesn't seem to have that same sort of energy about his play. It's like his brain's doing one thing and it, telling his and his feet and his feet can't do it. It's 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 remarkable what's happened to him because when we signed him, it wasn't. He, he sort of happened quite late in on deadline day, I think, and we were like, okay, it's a it's a good another good option to have in the team, and and it's not like he's been playing deep in midfield, and that's why he hasn't been getting the goal contributions. Like he has predominantly been playing, you know, either in a front three or in the number in the number ten position in, in a three behind the striker. So I think, yeah, I don't know what's happened, but you know, most Fulham fans have had enough of loss of cheek, and I, I think a lot of Fulham fans wouldn't want to see him play for the rest of the season just because he, he's not really performed for us, and it's a lone player, so. It's not like we need to be aware of his development. I'm interested. I actually think this is a really big crossroads in his career now because he's, if he had a good season for us and we still went down, he could obviously push on and maybe get another loan move to a team who finished, you know, 13, 14. I know maybe back to Crystal Palace or something like that. But because he's had such a poor season, uh, I don't know where he goes from here because obviously he goes back to Chelsea. I think I think Thomas Tuchel actually spoke about him in his press conference. He did, today. he did, yeah. And he, rem- and he, he compared it to... And he, um, yeah, I think the quote that Nizar Kinsella tweeted, I was in comparing him to Michael Ballack and the full and Fulham yeah. social media just went into absolute chaos. Like, which Michael Ballack are they talking no, about? I think, to be fair, he was referring to, to, to when he was, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it was, it was, and, he, and then it, there was a possibility of him going to, to Germany at some stage to, yeah, uh, it's, as a low knee, I think. I just, or something. It's, it's weird. He just, he's just been, yeah, terrible this season. I, I feel like there's been a clause in his loan contract, he's had to play a certain amount of games because there's certain times where. He's come off the pitch and we brought on someone like Mitrovic or Magic and we've gone sort of two up top or we've got Bobby Reid up front and it, it looks more a lot more fluid. I mean, there, there was some, you can arguably point the Arsenal goal in room Loftus-Cheek not clearing the ball. But it's it's weird. Loftus-Cheek, probably at the turn of the year, uh, in like January, February, he sort of, 
we saw we started to see a few more glimpses of something that we that that might be able to see a player in it. But so he in like thirty yards to up the eighteen yard box, he looked good. He'd be breaking through, and then as soon as he entered the eighteen yard box, his legs just seemed to turn to jelly, and he wouldn't be able to like one on one finishing. If you look at you know some some of his games at Chelsea or when he was at Lona Palace, he was putting the balls in the back of the net. He just couldn't do that for them. There's a few misses that sort of re- remain in my head. There was one miss in the last minute away to Brighton, which would, which would have been a huge win, which got cleared off the line. There was a one-on-one chance against Spurs. It's just, he just doesn't seem the same player. He seems, as I said, as I said quite languid. The, the work ethic doesn't seem to be there and the final product doesn't seem to be there. I don't know if this is just simply an accumulation of all the injury problems he's had over the years, which is sad to see because, you know, we've seen how good of a player Loftus-Cheek can be. You know, Chelsea fans I know were, were are huge, huge fans of Loftus-Cheek and they're hoping... If he was to come back, he could either go on loan or just or even perform for Chelsea to the ability that you guys have seen. But in regard to a Fulham perspective this season, mm. we simply just haven't seen the quality from him. Well, as I, as I said to you earlier, Dom, I, I I I don't really see it working out for him. I think I think he's missed his chance. Really, let's let's talk about the game tomorrow a little bit. Um, you know, we we have this wonderful thing on the Chelsea website written by our mate Rick Glanville, which kind of previews the game, and he he does the hard work for us, really. So I, all I have to do is ask you to validate it one way or t'other. But from what I read, uh, you lot are pretty defensively solid. Uh, dare I say it? Not uh, not um, shy of the, uh, the 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 hefty agricultural challenge. You've got more more yellows, I think, than anybody else in the league. But you find it quite hard to score, and I know that Parker quite often likes to flood the midfield. You know, five across the middle. So, do you think Scott is going to come for a draw tomorrow? I mean, I, I frankly, I can't see the point of that. I mean, it's 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 win or bust for you. But I, I so I don't know. What do you think? I I don't I don't really know. I I know Scott Parker's got to say in interviews, oh, if we win all of our main games, we can still stay up. And obviously, we did have that great escape, like what, thirteen years ago now, um, two thousand eight, where we won our last three away games and. I think yeah, one four of the last five games, but it's who have you got? I, who have you got coming up, Dom? So obviously we play you guys. Uh, we've still got to play Burnley, Southampton, Man United, and then Newcastle on the last day, which could have been sort of like a all oh, winner takes all situation. But I think Newcastle are safe now. Um, but it's 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 not that. It's just as I said, as you as he said, defensively, yeah, we do look sound. I think since Anderson's come into the team, we've conceded probably maybe average point, maybe one goal a game. So probably conceded like 29 in 28 or something like that. Um, but yeah, we just can't put, we just can't put the ball in the back of the net. I think our top goal scorer this season has probably got what, six goals, which is probably Bobby Reed, maybe. Um, mm. Yeah. So we just don't. Our, our top scorer in the league's got six as well. <laughs> yeah. But you've got multiple players. You can score six. We've got about one. Well, we've got, we've got four on six. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah for us, it's um, yeah. We just can't score. And I think that's put it in a nutshell. And, even against even against Arsenal, I don't think we went for it, and I think we had to. I don't think we properly went for it. I think we could have, you know, after we scored that penalty, which was a dubious decision anyway. I think we could have, you know, pressed Arsenal more and gone for it more. Because I will give, I think Scott, I will give Scott Parker one thing: is that he's he's he's, he's similar to Tuchel in this sense that often when we do take a lead, we rarely lose the game. Um, I think we've probably since he's joined the club, we've probably when we've taken the lead, we've probably only lost one, maybe two. The main the game that sticks in my head is the Manchester the Manchester United game at home. But apart from that, whenever we take the lead, we don't we don't seem to drop points. Especially last season, if we went one the luck, we we knew we were we were going to win the game. Like as soon as Joe Bryan scored that free kick in next time, I was like, well, I have won this playoff final. Now we're not we're not going to lose this game. But I said we just don't create enough. It's not that our strikers aren't taking chances. I said a bit like Brighton, who you know everyone talked about their expected goals and you know how they 
how their front strikers just can't put the ball in the back end. That's not necessarily the situation with us because we don't get to create the chance in the first place. You know, our, there isn't the creativity in the midfield. And yeah, we are very solid. You know, we, and then we have uh, in front of the back four, we'll have players like um, Harrison Reed and Marilamina or Anguisa or whoever who are good at sort of protecting the back four. So the, it's, I'm not worried about, you know, us getting battered by three or four, but I just can't see where the goals are coming from. And I think now it just pretty much is too late. I understand, you know, it's the Southway Six Derby, so for, uh, Scott Bogg is going to have to, won't need to necessarily roll out the players. They should be up for a game like this. But to be honest, I said it to you earlier, Chish, that because we're not in the ground, I don't, I'm not really bothered if we don't win because <laughs> yeah. I don't want, like, if we did win, I don't want my, our first, our first win in Stanbridge in my lifetime to be when I'm not there because it doesn't count. Yeah, that's a really good point, Dom, actually. All right, my friend, how do you, how do you see it going? What's the prediction? Um, I don't think there'll be many goals in the game. I think there'll be one or two. I've got to be remote, somewhat positive coming on uh, onto, your, onto the Chelsea fan cast. So I, I think the most positive I can get is probably a 1-1 draw. Mm, yeah, fair enough. All right, mate. Lovely to see you as always. Um, it'll, well, I mean, it's kind of funny, isn't it? You, you make a point about us all not being there and you're, you're dead right. And it will, it will, we all love going to Fulham. I mean, you know, JK, as we know, is a closet Fulham fan anyway with his showbiz connections. Uh, Alex and I love an away trip to Fulham because of the irony of the fact that he's not really an away trip. Uh, and... I will have the right hump if they go back Yeah, now. exactly. That's what I'm saying, Alex, that we haven't had the chance to go to, to Craig go Cottage there, yeah. this it season because it's Munster one of my favourite places to go. A meal in Munster Road. A meal in Munster Road. Lovely. A what? A meal in Munster Road. A meal? Road. Emile, you know, and it's not. I'm not using a, a French name. It's not Emile. Emile of Munster Road. I thought it was one of your actor <laughs> friends or something. Emile in Munster Road. Yes, yes. no, no. It's. Uh... I used to go to the Durrell quite a lot. Yeah, a lot of people go. To, I think a lot, a lot, quite a few Fulham fans drink in the Durrell. And I think quite a few go when we play away at Stamford Bridge because it's sort of you know. Eight bells, up. mate. I always go to the eight bells before the Fulham match. Yeah, I guess I said your main away pubs are obviously eight bells, and then you've got King's Arms and the Temperance, which are. Which my, my, my favourite memory of last season from there was when Bristol City fans drunk the Temperance out of their entire Good cider collection. Entire cider collection. Good there work. Was no, there, there was no cider left in the pub. There you go. Not not stereotypical in one way, shape, or any other. So there you go, Mr. Don Betts from Fulhamish Pod. What a lovely, uh, lovely to see you. We we missed the old love sport days, and you were absolutely brilliant at that, and looked after us very, very well. Send my best to Sammy, and uh, uh, well, I mean, you know, by some sheer miracle, I hope you stay up and we can speak to you again next season. Yeah, I hope that miracle happens. I just can't remotely see it happening because it requires us to score goals and win games. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I, I feel your pain, mate. Uh, but lovely to see you, nevertheless. And as I said, I hope we see you, uh, uh, even if we're not, you know, we might get you in the cup and we get you back on then. So how about that? Otherwise, a quick bounce back, Chief. Quick bounce back. From the yeah, team. yeah, absolutely. All right, Dom, great to see you, mate. We'll see you again soon, I hope. And uh, I, I always wish everybody luck, apart from when we're playing them. So I won't wish you luck for tomorrow, but you can have as much luck as you want after that. We'll do. Have a, have a good one, guys. Pleasure, mate. Lovely to see you. You too. Well, I'm done. There you go. Don Betts there from the Fulhamish podcast. Uh, right. When uh, we come back off this little break, we will be giving our own preview of events. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com
Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast Friday Night Preview Show with me, Stanford Chidge. Him down there, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Can I just say, Chidge, one of the reasons I'm so fond of Fulham is we used to live up the road and my dad used to take me. I know, me, I know. I mean, I, I'm I know. teasing you. I know you I'm are. I'm teasing I you. I know, but at the same time, you know, I we, you know, I want us to win tomorrow, obviously. So. I know, I know. Yes, lovely, lovely to be on the show. Yeah, yeah. There was a lovely bit, actually, you know, to, to, to kind of validate uh, what, what you were saying. I mean, I do I do love uh, Rick's, what, he, what does he call them, pre-match briefings, but... He gave a little, a little bit of, of history. I, I'm going to just read this out because this is beautiful. A gentler rivalry. The, uh, this West London derby fixture with Fulham was first played on the 11th of April 1911 uh, with Great Western Railway laying on specially priced... J- JK remembers this very well, by the way. Uh, with Great Western Railway laying on specially priced train trips from the home counties to Chelsea and Fulham Station, adjacent to the bridge, but removed in the 1950s. 60,000 were present to watch the promotion-chasing pensioners dispatch our nearest neighbours with a goal each from Billy Bridgman and Bob Whittingham. Sporting life relayed, there was nothing mild about the exchanges in a local derby almost devoid of science, strenuous to a degree, and at times most exciting. And it goes on. Uh, yet the Whites would visit again only five times before the 50s, by which time locals had developed the habit of watching the two clubs on alternate weeks. There you go. The Cottager's longest-serving uh, manager, Phil Kelzo, even entertained Blues fans in his pub, The Rising Sun, opposite the ground. So there you go. Uh, it was then... Tommy Trinder did in the, uh, uh, in the enclosure after the game, underneath in the, in the bar under the... Enclosure, which is in the old stand, which is now seated, of course. Exactamondo. Now, it was then Chelsea's singular honour to be associated with the swinging 60s. In fact, in 1966, Time magazine article that coined that phrase, a match of gathering of blue, a match day gathering of blues fans, including actor Michael Caine and model Gene Shrimpton, joked Chelsea were in danger of becoming too successful, and they were seriously thinking of switching their allegiance to Fulham, making that the in team. So there you go. There's not much enmity from our side, but they, in modern times, I mean, I thought actually Dom, I know Dom well, as you do, JK. I I, I don't think I've ever seen Dom so well behaved when it comes to talking about Chelsea, because he's very much a modern modern Fulham fan and he hates us, mate. Yeah, yeah, but but as they all do, it's in the, it's in the, uh, we are Fulham, we are Fulham, we are Fulham FFC, we are Fulham, we are Fulham, we are Fulham. Fuck Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah, we don't hate you. We don't hate you. We don't hate you because you're shit. We don't hate you. We don't hate you. We don't hate you because you're shit. I don't think I've ever joined in with that one. It's not fair. No, you just make angry cat videos. That's all. Yeah, no, it wasn't me. No, well, that wasn't me. <laughs> it was so you. It was so you. I did roar with laughter. I sent it to my mum immediately. Anyway, um, she loves that kind of thing. Anyway, um, we need to talk about the game tomorrow seriously for a minute. And, I mean, let's be under no illusion here. It is This is hugely important. And, and I mean, you know, you, I do this little kind of running thing, which, uh, you know, helps me while away the, the lonely hours in Winchester. But, um, you know, this is arguably our easiest match, really, uh, oh. for the rest of the Premier League, arguably for the rest of the Premier League season. So nothing less than three healthy points will do, particularly when you think that we've got... City next weekend in the league. We've then got Arsenal at home, which, you know, I I, I think is is 
Well, you never know. They might still be under the vague illusion that they can get into Europe. So you never know quite what will happen with that one. And then we've got yeah. Leic- then we've got Leicester at home, uh, which has been rearranged to the nineteenth, which will be an absolute crunch match possibly. Although they may be over the hills and far away by then. And of course, we've got Villa away in the last match, which I suspect Villa won't have anything to play for. But we've still got a tough running compared to everybody else. This is the easiest game on paper. It's got to be a win. So first thing is. Uh, the team selection, and I and I think you know we were all saying this, weren't we, in part one that um, that uh, given how how much they exerted themselves against Real Madrid uh, on uh, on Tuesday, and the conditions, and the fact that they've got them coming up on uh, this Wednesday, and of course you know at one one we've got a, a better than fifty percent chance I think of going through. So he's got to have one eye on that. So I, I think I think and I hope that the team selection will reflect this. And I have gone for the following. Uh Mendy in goal. Now this is I didn't know that Rudiger was out injured, but I would have rested him anyway, actually. So to jo- to JK's delight, I've gone for Mendy in goal, Christensen as a centre back, because I think Silva will need a rest. Emerson at left centre back, because he's done oh. he's done it before. James, because he's young and has lots of energy at, at the right centre-back, because Aspie, I think, will need a break. In uh, midfield, uh, left wing-back Alonso, because I think he'll want to rest Chilwell. Jorginho, because he doesn't run much anyway. And actually, you know, we're a bit stuffed in the centre of midfield, aren't we? So I think Jorginho will start. I hope to God he rests Kante and wraps him in cotton wool above his little shop until Wednesday. Uh, and then Hudson Adoy as right centre back because James will be playing. Sorry, right wing back because James will be playing right centre back. And then up front, the usual conundrum that we have. I would definitely like to see him rest Mount actually, which means Ziyech starts for me. Um, I would like to see him start Abraham because that accommodates Mount resting. So Abraham will be your striker, and Werner plays where he normally plays because uh, he needs the practice. So that's what I reckon. Um, Gilmore uh, is, I mean, I, I, what, what my only doubt about that is that I think he might play Mount and push him back next to Jorginho like he did last weekend and it didn't really work, JK. Um, I think he'll play Conte. Why? He'll, because he, he wants to win this. He, he treats every I game. I think we could, yeah, but I, my caveat, sorry, my caveat on this is I still think that that team is good enough to beat Fulham of a shit, frankly. Uh, yeah, but they're... they're... They're resilient. Um, um, I, I, I think he'll. Uh, I think he'll play Zayek from the beginning. I think he'll give Pulisic a rest. Um, I'm not so sure about Abraham. I don't think Abraham figures anymore. I'm not sure that f- he doesn't fit into the way. I think he'll play Havertz. He came on uh, against West Ham. Yeah, but I, I still don't. I, I, I think that might be a something he'll do. Keep him as a sub. Uh, he doesn't fit into the plan enough he doesn't he's 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 a bit like Giroud I'm afraid he's he's very um single-minded in that um in the center forwards role rather than being all the other players he doesn't want to play goal scoring number nine um well well, but he I don't think he can do anything else unfortunately um I'm not saying I'm not a fan I think he's a very skillful player I think that we we may slightly have outgrown him the way things are going the way the season's been going he has a a definite way of playing Tuchel, and I don't think that Abraham fits it. Um, uh, and he might change it next season. It might be that um, Abraham is still kept by the club, consequently, money has to sign a contract, but he won't be first choice. 
Um, but yes, I think you'll play Alonso. I agree. I think you'll play um, Zuma. I think you'll play uh, Christensen. Um, and I think you'll play Adoy. Uh, and I think um, he'll rest. Uh, mind you, he gives Dave a go every time. I think he might play Dave the other centre half, actually. I don't think he'll play Silver. I agree with you. Um, uh, I think he'll play Conte and Jorginho. Uh, but uh, Gilbert will, will probably come on, I suspect, if they're if they're winning. But uh, he doesn't want to drop any points, and I think he's treating every every game as um, uh, as the almost cup final it is. You know, because Fulham need to win this. Uh, this is almost their last chance of maintaining hope, really, and uh, very forlorn. But in their minds, it's still going to be something to to attempt to do. You know, so. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think it'll be as much of a reserve team as you do. Hmm. Okay, what do you what do you reckon, Alex? And I hope you're impressed. How many sharp references I've got into the show tonight? <laughs> Very much so. Uh, I I agree with you. I'd kind of like to see him give Mount the night or the day off, but I think I agree with J.K. as well that he's not going to. New. No. What about? Uh, I mean, the, the, as I said, you know, I didn't know about Rudiger being out before this. Um, but actually, I'd have rested him anyway. But do you think? Do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So do you think? I mean, I, I've cheekily said Emerson because he's done it before, and I've really got. Oh, I've gone. Dude. I've gone the whole hog for for resting. Okay. But if Zoom, if Zuma plays, Alex, where? I mean, does Zuma go in the middle or does he go on the on the left? Uh, I didn't give it that much thought. I just thought Zuma, Christensen, and Dave at the back. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'd put Christensen on the left and Zuma in the middle, actually. I don't think he's much cop if he plays on either the left or the right. Kante and Jorginho for you? Or or Gilmore, a.k.a. Gilbert? I'd play Gilbert. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I yeah. would too, you know. Wrap Kante in cotton wool. I mean, the thing is, I mean, it, it's a really good point. I mean... It, it's kind of I, you know, what a what a bloody hypocrite I am because normally I I, always, I I would always say, look, you take them one game at a time. It's massively important that we finish in top four. You got to win this game, and then you think about Real Madrid. And you quite often hear managers saying the same thing. But I I think that Tuchel's got a bit of history here because he certainly he certainly made rested a lot of players before big games before and taken his chance. It went yeah. it went tits up, didn't it, against West Brom when he did it? But it worked okay the last time he did it, just about. So it's really interesting, and I seem to be very much leaning. And but maybe there's good reason. How many times? I mean, I was going to say how many times you get into a semi final of a European Cup? Well, for us, it's eight, but the last time was seven years ago. So it's huge. The chance to get to a Champions League final for me is huge, and I would take the risk, frankly. But I just think, from his perspective, he, the one thing he would have been told to do when he came in the door was get us in the top four. Mm, Fuck that. Out when and we... win the FA Cup. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? But, you know, this is why we have deep squads, isn't it? So maybe we shouldn't grumble too much. I think the, the other concern, really, and I mean, talking to Dom earlier and also reading around it a bit, you know, Fulham, you know, are quite, well, Two things that concern me: one, one on the playing side, which is that they are quite doughty. You know, they they're solid. You know, they're defensively very solid. And he and I suspect I suspect he will park the bus tomorrow, just to piss us off. And I think that he will put five in midfield. But the other thing that worries me more is this stat that they've got something like forty three yellow cards. I think I think in the old in in old money, J.K. We would say they're dirty, and they like to leave their foot in. 
It's just a I real concern. A it's a I've real. Con- a few, yeah, but I've watched a few games, but I haven't. I haven't thought that he's a filthy player. Looking through all of them, I've, I've wondered if they've just been a bit inept. You know, they just can't help themselves. So the player goes past them. Perhaps they're a bit slow, and so they grab somebody's shirt. So I've never thought looking at them, any of them were particularly uh, vicious. Yeah, well, I, I'll just read this. Read this bit out. There's plenty of energy to close opponents down in his midfielders and wide forwards. No, ta- no team has been whistled for more fouls, and they have the second most yellow cards. Yeah, but it's not necessarily that they've been, de- been crunching tackles and uh, tripping people up. I think they may have done a lot of pulling and pushing, and that's the that's the impression I've got when players have got past them, which is is always a yellow. Yeah, grabbing a shirt is always a yellow. Stopping a, an attack is always a yellow. Because as I say. When I've watched them, I haven't, uh, I haven't thought any of these these um, these players was a was a beast. You know, there isn't any beasting going on in this. Well, I do worry because the last thing we know, I mean, we've got Rudiger. I mean, that I didn't know what Sam said earlier. I didn't know that Rudiger was going to be out next Wednesday. That's, I think. No, no, no he didn't news. say that. He didn't say that in the presser. He said he thought it was likely he'd play. Oh, did he? Yes, yes. I didn't want to correct him. Oh, that's very kind of you. And kind of you to tell me because I was beginning to shit my pants and I, we don't yeah, like that. I also shitting my pants over. I kind of like that they have no uh, Ramos. What are his chances of being back? Not good, apparently. Mm. And Marcello will play, even though he's supposed to be helping out with the elections. All very weird. Anyway, back to Fulham, really, Alex. How are we going to break them down? Because we all know how this plays out. Shit side turns up at Stamford Bridge, packs the defence, uh, you know, closes everybody down, preys on getting a, a lucky break with a set piece or a penalty. We get frustrated and it really pisses us off. And you know that uh, we find it really hard to break teams down who play like that. So are you a bit worried about that tomorrow? I am, but I'm kind of laughing at the fact that Jamie Vardy's rolling around on the floor in pain. Um, not that much pain. I'm not evil, but... Uh, Maybe good news. And I'm, I'm now really annoyed because I've completely forgotten to do my Premier League predictions and predict the. So I'm going <laughs> to. Uh, early goals. And I would have. Uh, everybody, everybody knows Leicester are going to win, and I would have said that, and I'd have got points, and I'm an idiot. Never mind. Go on. Carry on. Early goal, and all the pain goes away. Yes, this is very, very true. Um, is that how you see it going, J.K.? Yeah, I think we'll get behind them. I just think we're too good now. Yeah. I really do. And he, as a, he may have learned his lesson from the West Brom game that he can't change it too much. And I, I think, um, I, I just think we're too good. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm, I'm expecting, all right, I'm expecting a lot of misses again if he plays Werner. I don't think he'll play Werner. Really? As I said. Yeah, I think he'll play um, uh, Havertz, Zayic, and uh, um, who will be on the left then? Who will he it's bring one in? of those games, isn't it, where it's like it, they're going to play like shit on a stick football and we need to we'll probably get very limited chance without 10 men goal hanging in front of us um and if burner's being burner we just need to nail this and get it done tomorrow and potential for faffery when he's around i think alonso will score if he plays yeah i mean i think i think what we need is to to you know really wrap it up early in the first half and start bringing on subs left, right, and centre. If he if he does start with a strong team, yeah. you know that's that's the way to go, isn't it? Well, I, we... I think Chidge, though, what we absolutely don't want is the usual uh, flaccid post Europe display. Well, indeed, and I think they probably are quite fatigued mentally and physically after this week. 
you know, that was a really tough game due to the conditions more than anything else. And they were tired. I mean, you know, when he brought those subs on, that's what made the difference because they looked knackered. They were out on their feet, some of the players, and it was only like, you know, 60 minutes gone. But that's the weather. You know, if you've ever played on, on, on rain like that, it saps your energy. Uh, and as I said, mentally, you know, as I said, that's a huge match. And I think that takes a lot out of you mentally as well. And and they were superb. Let's 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 be under no illusion here. They really were. But I have a fear it might have taken a bit out of them. And this this could be a real... This, this has got banana skin written all over it. And it will be tough because they'll be dogged. But as as you are both saying, if we get an early goal, then it's different. And let's bloody well hope we do. Go on, let's stick a prediction on it, shall we, JK? 3-0. Uh, 3-0. I'm now really worried. Uh, Alex? 1-0 Chelsea. 1-0 Chelsea. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm inclined to it being... I said to Dom earlier on his show, I think there's a, a, there's a goal in this. So maybe 1-0, 2-0... Maybe then 2 1. Pain. What, Alex? I said then pain, 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 and more pain uh, for the last 20 minutes, hoping that they don't. Yeah. Of course. I think you could be right. I mean, I, I, I'm going to go, you're going to go 1 0. JK's going to go 3 0. I'm going to go 2 0. There you go. Make it symmetrical. Uh, now, I'm very annoyed because I've just missed out because I completely forgot. I've been really busy all day. And of course, Leicester and Southampton are playing as we speak. And I have not done my prediction for the Premier League predictions game. Uh, and I'm in a really tough tussle with Martin Wickham and uh, and uh, Mark Worrell at the moment. And Dane Whittle as well. Uh, whereas, of course, JK is languishing near the bottom as usual. But breaking news, news flash, drum roll, all the rest of it. JK actually won the whole week last week. He got more points than anybody else. And look at his little face with a grin all across it. I had no idea, you know. I had to be, so I, I had to be informed separately during the week. Well, you've got a lot, a lot of love for you, mate. And people are going, my God, JK's done really well this week. This is fantastic. Is Jess told me, wasn't it? Um, what's his name? God, I've forgotten. Sorry. Um, Brian, Brian Justman. Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, God, bloody hell. My mind's gone. Sorry. Don't worry about I'll it. I'll find out. I know. I'm, you, ashamed. I'm ashamed. You did very well. Yeah. Is there good, any chance you. of a, yeah. Have you forgotten to go and predict the Southampton Leicester game like me? Yeah. I said Southampton would win. Yeah. I mean, I think Leicester will win. But uh, anyway, enough of that. Um, if you're all playing that this weekend, uh, well done. Have fun as usual. Uh, yeah. Jeff Funderburg. Oh, Jeff. Jeff, yeah. There we go. Really lovely of him. Really lovely. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff, so much. Well, everybody was generally pleased for you, mate. That's the point, you know, including me. I thought it was great. Um, but there you go. Right. We've got to go. Um, obviously, good luck tomorrow. Uh, great to see everybody in Mixler, as always. Uh, Alex, lovely to see you. Uh, always, we love to see you. Um, well, keep, you know, you must. I've, I've joined your Patreon group for History Hack and, you know... Um, we definitely have to do you and me. We'll do a special one-off Chelsea fan cast. Just do it. Just have Jason on. We'll talk to him about Chelsea, and he can tell us all about why he supports Chelsea and all that. Would you think he'd be up for that? Jason talking. Yeah, yeah he'd turn up to the opening of an envelope, wouldn't he? Not only that, Natasha would be. She would love you forever if you can get him to talk about something other than shark for an yeah. hour and a half. Yeah, but you see, that's the trouble. If I get Rifleman Harris in <laughs> front of a mic with me. I can't sit here and not talk about Sharp because I, I am as nutty about Sharp, almost as nutty about Sharp as I am about football. 
his wife is brilliant. She'll just like, we'll be three hours into a recording. She'll be like, Jason, hang up now. Nobody cares anymore. <laughs> things in their lives she's so funny yeah well i i i i mean look i've thoroughly to, to not that he give a tinker's tit about what i think but tell him i love it i think it's absolutely brilliant i've really enjoyed listening to it i've ordered his book yeah same i ordered one with the signed signed picture of ian mcneese because he's a legend oh the wagon master general yeah I, I i i couldn't do that they're all sold out on his website i've had to order it through amazon I've never seen this series. Is there any good? Oh, for God's sake, JK. I can't believe you said that. I give up. Uh, but anyway, look, Alex, also, in all seriousness, love to get Salki on a podcast. Really looking forward to the next one. Absolutely delighted that you're going to be doing an ep- you know, an episode of the History Hack for each episode of Sharp. That is the best thing I've heard all week. So yeah. well done. Keep up the good work and lovely to see you. We'll see you very soon. JK, mon, mon ami. I thought you were going to say Mon Amour for Mon a Amour. No, Hiroshima Mon Amour. Anyway, uh, lovely to see you, as always. Uh, enjoy the game tomorrow. Show. Very enjoyable. Thank you. And, uh, with, with, with young Alex. Thank indeed, you. yeah. I will see you, of course, on Tuesday. Yeah, JK and myself will be back on Tuesday, folks, uh, for the fan cost, because it's Bank Holiday Monday. Uh, in the UK on Monday. And as you all know by now, Mrs. Chidge, uh, a.k.a. Natasha, uh, basically bans me from doing the Chelsea Fancast on a bank holiday Monday. Hence, we are doing it on Tuesday. And, of course, we'll be looking back. And we'll have Dean Mears and uh, Adam Newson on uh, from Football London. And we'll be looking back at the Fulham match, of course, and ahead to the massive Champions League semi-final second leg against Real Madrid. Cannot wait for that. Uh, people in Mixler, thank you for listening. You lot out there as well, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Podtips. Poddar vi fullkomligt älskar. En flicka som överlever en flygkrasch och hamnar ensam flytandes i den indiska oceanen. En serie mord i en nationalpark där en sjuårig pojke flera år tidigare kidnappats. Dödliga lekar och våra lyssnare som delar med sig sina upplevelser av hemsökta platser. Det här är några av fallen som vi i år har med i sommarsäsongen av podcasten Spöktimmen. En podcast om sanna fall av true crime, mysterier och det övernaturliga. Jag heter Lin och jag heter Jenny. Och Spöktimmen sommarsäsong drar igång den 29 juni. Missa inte det.